third. And now, as we turn our attention to the New Testament, we'll be reading in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, and we'll go through chapter 7, verse 7. It was Dr. Edmund Lewis Cole who said that agreement is the place of power. He had a lot of great uh, sayings, and that was one of them. Believers in the church were compromising with the world and not walking in a separated way. God longs to have a closer fellowship with us, but He will not share the yoke with the world. We have to be cleansed, and we'll read about that in 2 Corinthians as we get into chapter 7. It's one thing to ask God to cleanse you, and quite something else to cleanse yourself and put away the things that defile. Separation sometimes demands surgery. The same people who give you joy can also cause you sorrow. When Titus reported that the church had disciplined the offender, well, the apostle was overjoyed. Have uh, you ever been an answer to somebody else's prayers, as Titus was? And with that, let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. September 3rd, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, through chapter 7, verse 7. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can goodness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things, and I will welcome you, and I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Because we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or spirit, and let us work toward complete purity because we fear God. Please open your hearts to us. We have not done wrong to anyone. We have not led anyone astray. We have not taken advantage of anyone. I'm not saying this to condemn you, for I said before that you are in our hearts forever. We live or die together with you. I have the highest confidence in you, and my pride in you is great. You have greatly encouraged me. You have made me happy despite all our troubles. When we arrived in Macedonia, there was no rest for us. Outside, there was conflict from every direction, and inside, there was fear. But God, who encourages those who are discouraged, encouraged us by the arrival of Titus. His presence was a joy, but so was the news he brought of the encouragement he received from you. When he told me how much you were looking forward to my visit, and how sorry you were about what had happened, and how loyal your love is for me, I was filled with joy. I know that from the scriptures, because Jesus, when he came to the Sermon on the Mount, he said, well, if you've done it in your heart, you've done it already. You're guilty of it already. It's the heart, man. And God wants to be enthroned on your heart. Not through types and shadows and ceremonies. But it took the blood of Jesus to secure them. 
Don't you dare get confused when preachers, when we preach repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Repentance is not a work of man. It is not keeping the law. It is not trying to earn favor with God. Repentance is a broken, contrite man sitting at the feet of Jesus Christ, begging Him to be saved. That's what it is. It's understanding my wicked condition before God. It's realizing it. It's confessing it. And saying, Lord, save me, I perish. And it's a work of the Holy Ghost of God. Wrought on by the conviction or the reproving work of the Holy Spirit. And so it is with every one of us. All of a sudden we don't become some super spiritual a Christian celebrity. It doesn't work that way. We walk with Him. We talk with Him. We commune with Him. We listen to Him. We stop talking. He starts talking. We take in instead of giving out. And then we begin to understand the truth of fellowship with Almighty God. Yes, the old man is a slave. <laughs> He's a slave. He just doesn't realize it. But the new man is free. If the Son therefore shall make you free, you're free indeed. The old man is taken captive by Satan at his will. But the new man is freed from the slavery of sin, given the power to overcome. Bars can't hold him. Lies can't keep him. Once a man is free, once that man is free inside his soul, he's a free man. He's been made free. You get a good look at the throne of God and His holiness, and you'll repent and have some zeal for His truth. You want me to tell you why these people get so offended at when their sins are preached on? Because they they're not close to God. They don't have the holiness of God. They're not wrapped up in that cloak of zeal, and they're not close to God. When you get close to God, and, you're, and, you're, and you are obeying Him, and you're following Him, and you're communing with Him, and you're having fellowship with Him, man, you get a fire on you, friend. And it burns out those impurities. You don't get mad at preaching. You get mad at the devil. How about that? You won't get mad at biblical preaching. You'll get mad at the devil. You'll get mad at yourself for sitting against God. Not mad at the preacher who exposes it. They're wolves in sheep's clothing. You'll find out, as I said before, who your friends are when you're lying flat on your back. And those are the, they're the ones you need to remember. Remember that one that comes to the bedside and prays with you when you're in the hospital. Remember that one that gives you a smile and a comfort when you need somebody to come to your aid. Remember that one that comes to you and without a judgmental look on their face, they're showing you love and compassion when you need it. You know what you're doing's wrong. You know where you are is wrong. You know what you've done's wrong. But you don't want somebody come and condemning you. You want somebody to come up to you to help you. And you'll know that one when they come there. Because you see, my dear friend, the greatest conviction that will ever come upon the soul of a man is not going to come from the mouth of another human being. It's going to come from the voice of God. And when you hear the voice of God, and once you begin to discern what it is, and understand when God talks to you, you'll never listen to men anymore. For men will mess you up. They'll lead you astray. And even the best intentions to people will still mess up your life. Find that place where you can hear God.
And the only one that can change is God Almighty. The only one that can change the nature of man is the Lord God. It must come from above. There must be a touch. There must be a penile. There must be the hand of God. Or you'll never make it above what you are. Born dust, die dust. Man can never rise to what God's called us for. It takes the hand of the Lord to reach down and take hold and lift up from our circumstances. And first he's got to open the door. He's got to dispel the light. He's got to reach to the heart. He's got to get a hold of the soul. Or the soul will never know God. You'll never find Him. You'll never understand Him. You don't know where to look. You don't understand who He is. But when He begins to make Himself known and reveal Himself, then you take hold of Him. And then you reach at Peniel. And then you say, I will not turn you loose until you bless me. Have you ever been to Peniel? Have you ever come to that point in your life when you've given up on all of the garbage that you love, that you think you need, that you think is necessary, and come to the point when you say, Lord God, what is life? What is it about? What am I? Where am I going? What's the future? And the future is God. You were made far above a dog or a cat. There's a reason for you being in this world. He gave man his image. He made man to be raised up. What is man, he said, that thou art mindful of him or the son of man? What are we, my friend? The world says you're a dog. The world says you're an animal. The world said Darwin put his two cents worth him and says natural selection, survival of the fittest. But in the kingdom of God is that one that is broken. In the kingdom of God is that one in the greatest need. In the kingdom of God, is that one that can't even raise their hand that for 38 years sits by a pool and said I can't go for there's no man to help me rise he says and in that word is the ability to rise above everything it is the power of the word of God Amen. our reading today will be in Psalm 47 verses 1 through 9 in his chapter-by-chapter -chapter Bible commentary, Warren Wiersbe says, If you prefer quiet meditative worship, this psalm will challenge you, for it describes a praise celebration that involves hand-clapping, shouting, and loud singing. Now, the cause of this excitement is the greatness of Christ our King. Now, if that doesn't get you excited, what will? Hey, you can get excited about these things. You can get excited about His great victory. We do not know what military victory the psalmist was celebrating. But as believers today, we walk in Christ's spiritual victory. Like Joshua, we submit to our captain and trust him to win the battle. And by the way, don't fight the battles yourself. The battle is the Lord's. And that's something to shout about. Something else you can get excited about is his great throne. What a picture of the ascension of our Lord returning to heaven and sitting at the right hand of God. Satan may be the God, little g, of this age, but Jesus is king of all the earth. And that's something to shout about. And something else to get excited about is his great reign. His kingdom is a spiritual kingdom today, but he still rules in the affairs of men. One day Christ will reign on earth and his people shall reign with him. Now that is also something to shout about. Psalm 47, verses 1 through 9. For the choir director, a psalm of the descendants of Korah. Come, everyone, and clap your hands for joy, 
Shout to God with joyful praise. For the Lord Most High is awesome. He is the great King of all the earth. He subdues the nations before us, putting our enemies beneath our feet. He chose the promised land as our inheritance, the proud possession of Jacob's descendants, whom he loves. God has ascended with a mighty shout. The Lord has ascended with trumpets blaring. Sing praise to God. Sing praises. Sing praise to our King. Sing praises. For God is the King over all the earth. Praise Him with a psalm. God reigns above the nations, sitting on His holy throne. The rulers of the world have gathered together. They join us in praising the God of Abraham. For all the kings of the earth belong to God. He is highly honored everywhere. Proverbs 22, verse 16. A person who gets ahead by oppressing the poor or by showering gifts on the rich will end in poverty. Thank you.